So here we are, the now time, <laughs> really present to and up close and personal with impermanence. This community, this Sangha that's been on this sacred journey for the last six days are now going to disperse to all parts of this country, actually, um, plus Portugal. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to sit for a bit this morning and just bring to bear kind of what you've become familiar with in these six days, perhaps uh, choosing to work with choiceless attention or open awareness, or perhaps being very focused and wanting to work with the breath or the body. Whatever will do you right to hold you and support you in this transition back into the real world. So sitting comfortably, relaxed, alert, As we move further into this practice time and our postures, a couple of poems to offer you to help aid the way. There was a conference of all the human faculties, all the senses, which as we've come to know in this paradigm are six, the five senses plus the mind. As at many meetings, they first had to decide who would be in charge, who would facilitate. Sight popped up and put in its bid, creating beautiful images that had everyone enraptured. Smell arose, creating powerful and haunting aromas that left everyone tingling with anticipation. But taste could top that, with astounding and delectable flavors from all the world's cuisines. Hearing created exquisite harmonies that brought everyone to tears. And the body brought on physical sensations that had everyone in ecstasy. And the mind spun out intellectual theories that took on beauty by the depths of the truths they expressed. Along came breath, not even one of the senses and said it wanted to be in charge. All it could present was the simple in and out breath. Not terribly impressive in the face of everything else. No one even noticed it. 
the other senses got into a tremendous argument about which one of them would be chosen. The breath and its disappointment begin to walk away. And the images begin to fade. The tastes lost their savor. The sounds faded. Wait, wait, the senses called out. Come back. You can lead. We need you. And the breath came back and took its proper place. Forget about enlightenment. Sit down wherever you are and listen to the wind that is singing in your veins. Feel the love, the longing, and the fear in your bones. Open your heart to who you are right now. Not who you would like to be, not the saint you're striving to become, but the being right here before you, inside you, around you. All of you is holy. You're already more and less than whatever you can know. Breathe out, look in, let go. Love takes off the masks that we fear we cannot live without and know we cannot live within. I use the word love here, not merely in the personal sense, but as a state of being or a state of grace. Not in the infantile American sense of being made happy, but in the tough and universal sense of quest and daring growth. James Baldwin. How to fall in love. When you shift your focus from what is absent to what is present, from what is missing to what has been given, from what you are not to who you are, from the ravages of linear time to the immediacy of now, you are reconnecting with love, truth, and beauty and abundance is yours effortlessly. For in truth, nothing is lacking where you are. Nothing is missing from the present scene of the movie of your life, and you are forever full and at the point of completion. The only reason you cannot find oneness is because you never left. The day is just waiting to be lived. So breathe in life, friend. Breathe in life.
in a moment I'll be ringing the bell. I'll be present to the sound as it reverberates out until it's no longer detectable. And with this ring, just become more and more and more settled in this present moment of now. So, last two announcements you're going to (laughs) hear. If anyone has any questions or or, um, non-understanding in relationship to Donna, D-A-N-A, Sherwood is going to be in the um, lunchroom, and you can go to him and ask him questions. And the Donna filters through IMS, so we don't personally give out our um, PayPal or Venmo or anything like that. It comes through IMS. I have to tell you a real quick story. Um, I have a girlfriend that uh, we were here on a retreat, and the Donna, she was here with her wife, only retreat her wife ever attended, but my girlfriend and I, we come frequently. And the Donna talk had just finished, and my girlfriend was so moved by the talk that tears were streaming down her face her heart was wide open and her wife ran up to her and said what's wrong what's wrong and my girlfriend said it's Donna it's Donna and her wife said who's Donna (laughs) 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 and the uh, second announcement is to please remember to turn in your keys Okay, there's a box by the, the piece there, so do that. So we're going to just take a few minutes each to um, offer you our thoughts or uh, suggestions or how to really um, sustain practice in the world um, generated by each of our experiences, I guess. And so I'll just say a few things because by the time you hear from all five of us, I think you'll get a well-rounded Um, offering. Um, So the first thing I want to say is uh, the next 48 hours, like leaving here in the next 48 hours, to really remember that you are tender, your hearts and minds, and by kind of like almost like a newborn baby, you know, like we've been in a 
cocoon, a womb, a bubble. We use all kinds of words to describe this container of retreat sitting. Uh, But the world's been rolling along while we've been in here. So give yourself a lot of space, a lot of time. Notice how it is to begin to read, even something like (laughs) getting in the car, putting your foot on the pedal, using the blinkers when you turn. Like, really bring presence along with you, the presence that you've been cultivating for the past six days. You're going to really need to lean into that for the next couple of days. And then, you know, we start to adjust and we start to... um, see the world with new eyes. And that's whether you're someone who is newer to this or someone who's been at this for 25, 30 years. Coming out of retreat always is an opportunity for an adjustment in seeing the world. So be present to that. Um, Kind of along with that, I know for myself, the first day or two I get out of retreat, at the end of the day, I'm exhausted. One of the things that um, I realized, and I'm sure many of you will over the next couple of days, takes a lot of energy and effort to talk. Not even to just be engaged around it, but just to talk takes a lot of energy. Yeah, that's that's the thing that would tire me out because I'd leave here and I'd go home to the fam and they want to catch up on everything. (laughs) (laughs) Appropriately so. So just keep that in mind. Give, your, give yourself rest breaks, pause breaks, as Nolita um, instructed us in yesterday with the insight dialogue. Um, so that's what I'll say about the next couple of days, and I hope somebody else will say more something else about that. Um, and then in terms of, um, for myself, I think the two things that really support me in uh, being in practice most of the times, more times than not, is I've designed and created my life around the practice. I mean, being a teacher is a form of practice. You know, so I have some systems and structures, and then of course, everyone won't become a teacher, but um, really looking at how your life is constructed in terms of what's reflected back to you in your relationships, in your environments. Um, And there may be call to tweak some things or shift some things so that you're creating the conditions for pause, reflection, and presence to show up. Many of you that have been in group with me or have... um, I've talked to an individual, know that I don't waste any time. I, my eyes pop open in the morning and I'm meditating. That half hour, that first half hour is when I lay. I don't sit, I lay. And it took a little while to train the body not to go back to sleep. Um, but now it's the sweetest um, time. So whatever that is for you, you know, that's the way I could make sure it happened every day. So whatever that is for you to really embrace that and make a commitment um, to doing that. And then lastly, um, two things. This is a part A and a part B. 
when you leave here, sometime in the next week or two, schedule your next retreat. Even if it's a year from now, no matter. But it pulls you forward. You know, there, it's there as a marker. Um, it's there as a reflection of your commitments and intentions. So schedule a retreat. And in the meantime, in the in-between spaces, really look at how you might start to incorporate retreat into your life. Like a, a, I do a monthly thing. I do a monthly thing where on Saturdays, not phone, no technology, do some sitting and walking, listening to a Dharma talk, maybe reading something out of some books. But you can create the, um, the space for your practice to be able to go to the spring and get nourished and rejuvenated. So be aware of those. Um, the last thing I'll say about that is um, Joseph would often say when people would say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm having a hard time with consistency or I do it for a little while and then I fall off. And, and Joseph said, well, have your dedicated space, have your cushion and your zabaton or your chair or whatever it is that you're going to sit in. And... Um, you go and you sit, and if you can't sit for 30 minutes, you sit for 20 minutes. If you can't sit for 20 minutes, sit for 10 minutes. If you can't sit for 10 minutes, sit for 3 minutes. If you can't sit for 3 minutes, walk by the cushion and bow. <laughs> so there are ways to remind us, yeah, that um, there is something beneficial about engaging in this practice. So that's what I'll say about that. And then lastly... Um, First, to my colleagues, it has been a joy to teach with all of you all, the Fab Five. (laughs) Um, And thank you for responding to the invitation. You know, I had no idea what was manifesting out of that invitation. So, love you all. And to you all, you know, like we can only be who we are and do what we do because of you. Yeah, and when I yesterday when Nolita was doing the Insight Dialogue, I looked around the room and I was like, this is America. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> like all the corners and places that we go and we bring this, you know, um, really warms the heart in terms of... Um, Everybody showing up, everybody, all the conversations are in the room. All the conversations are in the room. Yeah. So just much gratitude and a deep bow to your practice and to you all. And perhaps our paths will cross again on the Dharma journey. Be well. I think I'm turning it over to Nolita. Thank you. <laughs> So I'm going to share just one thing about practicing in daily life. But before I do that, I do want to share with you my experience of teaching here for the very first time in person. Before, it has been online from the comfort of my own home (laughs) in Africa. (laughs) Uh, I noticed feeling mostly quite nervous and here's the thing I'm taking with me about that 
it's the beauty in how you met me in that nervousness. There's a lot of kindness and friendliness and warmth. And just the quality of your attentiveness was so encouraging for me. So, yeah, thank you for your kindness. Mm, yeah, it matters. Kindness really matters. Hmm. Hmm. And also, I do want to mention that if you're curious about how did that even come about? Somebody from Africa comes to teach at IMS. It's Dara. Dara has a very strong vision <laughs> on transformation. <laughs> I thank you for that, Dara. Very strong vision about inclusion. That we all belong. You you have a strong sense of that. Mm. So one thing that in this last retreat I attended with Ajahn Suchido, he encouraged us to soften this uh, tendency to uh, aim and plan, have high expectations of ourselves in relation to practice after a retreat. Because you are feeling quite empowered and encouraged, the tendency is to set the bar high. Okay, I'll sit twice a day for 45 minutes because I could sit for 45 minutes here. Soften that and maybe, especially if you're fairly new to practice, to maybe just aiming at sitting for 20 minutes. He emphasized the, 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 that there's something about when we aim, consciousness gets established there. And then if we can't keep up with that, we feel like we're failing. So just that softening uh, around uh, your aims in terms of your practice, because the conditions are so different at home as well from here. All of that matters. So thank you so much. It was really wonderful for me to be here with you. And, uh, thank you for this wonderful tea. Thank you for your support. My turn. <laughs> Can you hear me? So um, there's, uh, I want to start this by expressing gratitude first and following Nolita's expression of Dara being the mastermind of this situation. Um, Dara is my mentor, and um, thanks to her, I was able to complete the mentor, Dharma Mentor Leadership Program at CIMC last year. So I'm an official uh, Dharma mentor to anybody who like to be mentor. So, and she invited me, and I want to thank her for um, thinking of me and placing me with this amazing team of uh, teachers, um, which I didn't feel worthy of. But now I'm confidence grew by practicing because this is my first retreat teaching a whole week of mindful movement, and I didn't know I was going to make it, but I have. I have enough to keep going. 
Um, talking about going, well, my advice about going home is drive slowly. <laughs> because um, once you hit the highway, it's hard to <laughs> slow down. Um, and I'm going to share with you something I saw on the highway once after a retreat. I saw a bumper sticker. The bumper sticker said, less drama, more dharma. <laughs> Anybody seen that bumper sticker? Anyway, I couldn't believe it. I saw that after a retreat. Um, in terms of practice, I, I have a space in my house with my cushion and I practice a combination of meditation, yoga, tai chi, qigong, whatever my body needs that day. I try to do it every day. It doesn't always work, but I try. And it's on my list of things to do. First thing in the morning, um, I have to get up, or well, usually at around 5.30. Um, and then I have this wonderful sit with the group of POC from CIMC that we sit together on Zoom at 7 o'clock. And that keeps my practice going. So my advice is find, find your sangha somewhere, anywhere. There's lots of them. Just got to find one. I'm just lucky, very, very lucky man that found this CMC sangha more than 20 years ago. And um, I think there's a few people here from that sangha, including my friend Mel, sitting back there. And... Um, Cambridge Inside Meditation Center. Uh, you can find all information about it in cambridgeinside.org. And um, where was I going? Oh, so practice, daily practice, and practice. I practice on not just on the cushion, because to me that's the easiest part, is practicing with everything you do every day, watching dishes walking the dog, talking to your neighbors, everywhere, just listening, practicing the great practice of listening that you practice here. You can do the same thing at home with whoever comes your way. Um, and when I walk my dog, who likes to say hello to everybody in the neighborhood, even if she doesn't know them, uh, it forced me also to go and say hello and engage. Um, um, I am known as my dogs. My dog's name is Canela. I know as Canela's owner. That's, uh, that's how it goes when you have a dog. Um, am I out of time? I don't know. <laughs> One more thing. Um, if I don't have, I don't have anything uh, where you can uh, see what I did downstairs because most of the things I did downstairs, I just made them up. Um, as we went along, but I, if you want to know where I'm teaching, I'm only teaching two places, yoga right now, is uh, at the YMCA in Hyde Park, Massachusetts, which is in Boston, and also I'm going to start in a 10-day, I'm going to start teaching a Blissful Monkey Yoga Studio in Jamaica Plain on a Saturday. Um, it's a community class for anybody and everybody to come. Uh, you can look at blissfulmonkey.com. And they have all the hours and days that you can come. Thank you.
just want to echo the the deep gratitude um, for getting to be here with you all and to be on this teaching team. I think that thought has come up at least once a day, if not more. Wow, this is amazing to get to hear these teachings, to to get to be part of changing culture. You know, changing this um, this field of practice, and we all are doing it together. So, uh, when we came in the hall this morning and we were sitting, I just had to smile, uh, looking at you all and feeling the goodness of what we've been doing this week together. How fulfilling it's been uh, for me. I know for all of the teachers, I once heard a Carol Wilson say, this is what my life is for. So it's so wonderful to get to, you know, if you wouldn't have come, I wouldn't have gotten to do what I'm here to do. So thank you for coming. So I'll also uh, add to what the other teachers have shared about um, ways to continue, ways to keep our practice going. Um, Dara asked me to share the term Kalyanamita with you, which means spiritual friend. So now we are all Kalyanamita. So... um, we couldn't do this alone, what we've done together. And so, like Juan mentioned, finding communities, really surrounding yourself as much as you can with people who, who want to go on the same path as you. Whether it's reaching out to see if there's a sitting group in your area, or maybe you start one. That's what Thich Nhat Hanh, my teacher, would always say at the end of a retreat. If there's no sangha where you live, start one. You don't have to be a teacher to start a meditation group. You just gather with friends. Say, hey, come on over. Come over for a meal. Maybe we can just be in mindful gratitude for a few minutes quietly before we eat. That's meditating, just being still with others for even a few minutes can be a real gift also for them. But find people, stay in touch with people that you've met here. You know? And that's one thing also, we, a little announcement. Um, we, we won't have time for the BIPOC to meet again today, but you can... Put your names on a list and organize a Zoom call. Same for the LGBTQIA affinity. You can organize yourselves and in a week or two, get together on Zoom. Anyone else who connected with others here, reach out, stay connected. Support each other in the practice. You could even plan to come on retreat together. Let's go to that retreat. 
then I know I'll have a buddy there. I'll have somebody. Another piece is um, to not only start our day mindfully, as Dara mentioned, as others, Juan mentioned, practicing throughout the day, looking for those moments of a natural pause where we're transitioning from one activity to the next, where we are having a meal or stopping to have something to drink, maybe right before bed. Use those times to come back to what's happening in the present moment. A lot of people put little stickers up, you know, where they'll see them to help them remember to pause, to take a breath. Maybe just even a beautiful image, whether it's in the bathroom mirror, just to remind yourself, let me just take a breath here. The practice of smiling can also be supportive. We don't have to have something happening for us to smile. We can just smile. And the same things, the same places in our brain that light up when we experience something joyful externally, they light up when we smile. So Thich Nhat Hanh says, sometimes joy is the source of your smile, but Sometimes your smile can be the source of your joy. So, at least a few times a day, just smile for no reason. It's a good practice. And we're all going to keep eating and drinking. So, even just the first bite of your meal. Can you just notice the colors, notice the smells, notice the texture, just one bite. Even if it's just once a day, not all three meals, but just a little bit of attentiveness to to the food. When my partner and I eat, when my family and I eat together, we like to pause and just say, three things we're grateful for before we eat. So that pause, that cultivating kalyanamita, spiritual friendship around food, can bring the practice into everything we do, make it have more meaning, more life. So I'll also just share a few uh, ways that I'm part of Sangha in case uh, you want to join me. Uh, So I have a website, kairajewel.com, and that has all of my 
upcoming events, you're welcome to join. Most of them are drop-in, you know, by donation. And I teach a weekly BIPOC Sangha uh, with a friend. We take turns um, through Garrison Institute. It's on Thursdays at noon from 12 to 1 Eastern on Zoom. And I have retreats coming up this this year. Oh, I think a bunch of us will put out things in the dining hall with more information about where we'll be teaching. And um, But a big thing that I'm uh, really passionate about is also eco-dharma, bringing the dharma to ecological work. And so we'll be offering a um, BIPOC Ecodharma retreat in Colorado this summer, as well as a, a kin-centric leadership retreat that will be half BIPOC in Colorado also, part of an 18-month program on kin-centric leadership, seeing ourselves as kin with all of life. So those things are out there on the tables. And on that note, uh, as you go back into your lives and look to be part of Sangha and create Sangha, remember the more-than-human world is also there for us as our Sangha. I have a, a friend who sits under a tree every day, no matter what the weather. She goes out and spends like an hour under that tree and just observes the life around her. So the walking path, the stream, the park, the house plants, the pets, the birds, they are all our sangha. So we can get a lot of support from the earth and give a lot of support to the earth through our practice. Here we are at the end, yeah. I just have been feeling the sincerity of this group all all week, and it's, even in this closing, just have been appreciating that from you and what we're co-creating together. So, such deep appreciation for your willingness to keep returning to the practice. Kyra Jewell was saying that um, yesterday in a teacher meeting, what makes this work is that we're all practicing. Right? It's not that our paths are complete or that we're, our business is unfinished. We've been feeling 
its unfinishedness all week in our hearts. But what makes the beauty shine is that we're practicing. So I'd like to double down on the teacher love fest that's been happening up here. (laughs) (laughs) Just really have such deep gratitude for um, this group and their hearts and skill and relational mindedness. fantastic teachers and what makes them good teachers at least for me is that um, what makes us good teachers is that we care as much about being students you know we, we care more about being students than anything and so I have I think you know I might be off about this, but I think the collective years of practice up here is probably close to or beyond a century. So that kind of renewing interest in being a student has been cultivated in so many moments. So just deep gratitude to this team for all of that, all of those moments and that renewing investment and learning and returning to skillfulness and kindness and wisdom again and again. Love (laughs) y'all. And to uh, (laughs) highlight Dara's work and practice again, it, it is really what Nolita said, Dara's vision is strong vision for inclusion and completeness. You know, we've done our best to bring the whole path to you, and that's really has begun with Dara. And somebody commented yesterday about being at this retreat maybe four years ago and how it felt different then. And that's Dara, you know. Dara was at it then. She was at it the year after. She was at this the year after that. And here we are and well, well, well before four years ago. So it's that strength of vision and heart and, yeah, confidence, humility, you know, all of that coming together in such beautiful ways, you know, that have manifested this team and this culture shift that we're seeing, and maybe you don't even feel like it's that for you. It's okay if you don't. But just to take in the beauty of whatever has been moving here among us and to thank our elders for their work in making that happen. So thank you, Dara. tips to give you. You have everything you need already. <laughs> I have a friend who does a retreat. It takes a, She's been practicing a really long time, like a long time, decades. 
And she, every year, takes a retreat with a teacher that she doesn't want to take a retreat from. (laughs) Not usually a month. It's more like a week. But but I was like, that's so wise. (laughs) To learn how to see the Dharma in everyone and... (laughs) And so just to, yeah, my encouragement would be to explore that possibility for yourself. And watching the mind that preferences some teachers or some practices over others. You know, that kind of domination is alive, really alive in our hearts. And so just to be willing to watch the mind while you're receiving and continue to receive the teachings from a variety of voices and experiences and be really humble about that. Because what makes us good students is balancing that confidence that we keep looking, we keep reaching, and also the humility to be a good student all the time. And we find our way on this path by making corrections, or always making corrections, right? Seeing what we don't see, being in communities that help us do that, and we keep reorienti- reorienting in a beneficial direction. So I read books from a lot of different sources, listen to the Dharma from a lot of different voices. Just be open. Yeah. I think that's it. Thank you. So we have this red cord ceremony. It's fondly referred to as. The Buddha's been keeping these cords well tended <laughs> overnight when Dara placed them in the Buddha's hands. Um, yeah. And maybe we can save some. We'll have some folks, they'll figure out what to do <laughs> to get the cords to you. <laughs> I'm going to talk a little bit about this <clears throat> ceremony. And so in a minute you'll have an opportunity to receive one of these red cords. And we're going to have you partner up. And so don't tie them, don't put them on your wrist. But we'll have you partner up and tie them on each other's wrists like this. And it's a reminder of something that you've touched while you've been here. And we all need reminders because the world is moving at a pace that makes it hard to be present. The pace of things is just extraordinary. And we're all going to be sped up by the time we, in a, in a few hours. We're going to be sped up by the time we leave this hall, actually. And that will just continue to rise. Things are evaporating, conditions are changing. And so we need as many reminders as we can get about that beauty and the commitment that we have to living a different way. The Buddha called this against the stream. Right? It's very
spiritual practice like this is against the stream of cultural conditioning. It's all moving harshly and vastly. And so we're practicing moving at a different pace, and it's going to feel like that. We'll feel that what we've created here isn't being reflected in the world, and that's because it's not a lot of the time. (laughs) So we just have to find the inner confidence to continue to nurture this. And this red string on your wrist might help with that. And so we'll tie in a minute together. We'll do this. So we'll wait until everybody has them. But we'll tie three knots in our little string. One to remind us of the possibility of this heart to be free. The possibility that's right here. The Buddha. That's what taking refuge in Buddha reminds us of. And then the second knot we'll tie as a reminder of our interest in looking for the deepest truths we can find and nurturing those when we notice them, deepening with them. And that's what we might call taking refuge in Dhamma. And then the third is taking refuge in Sangha. And that's seeing the beautiful qualities of the heart reflected in each other and feeling the commitment alive in our communities, our spiritual communities and groups and each other, and to continue to look for that, take refuge, seek it out, hang out there. It's not like we're rejecting anything when we do that. We're just nurturing something that feels good. So taking refuge in Sangha. Going to do this with you because we haven't had enough red strings in our lives yet. (laughs) And so when you're ready, you can tie and just use this as a reflection so we're not speeding through this process. Thank you. Yeah, I do. (laughs) We're not speeding through this process, but we're. um, ah, We're going to tie one knot together and then we're not tying it on each other yet. (laughs) so we're going to tie one knot in our red cord together as a reminder of taking refuge in the Buddha and we'll do that now and then pause please it's like taking a vow We'll take our second vow to take refuge in the Dhamma. And we'll take our third vow to take refuge in the Sangha. fully receiving these vows into your heart that you've just taken, appreciating your own willingness to do that. And then you'll turn to someone near you 
And we're just gonna we're gonna take turns tying this onto your wrist, but don't move too quickly. <laughs> so we want to be really uh, intentional about how we're doing this, right? This is a important piece. And so when we have that figured out, how our partner would like us to tie the red cord on their wrist, then we do that with some intentionality, acknowledging the vow that they've just made and pausing at the end to offer a little blessing to them. And then we'll move on to the switch and do it for the other person. So we call this the protection cord. Now we're all protected as we leave here. We have everyone's essence is with us, supporting us. And there's another protection that we also can take with us, and that's the precepts. That's also something that uh, some people find very helpful to bring into their daily practice before you sit or as you start your sitting, perhaps reflecting on the three refuges, the five precepts. You could read them. You could just choose one to read every day. 
A week or so later, you read the next one for that week. So the precepts we took on the opening night were precepts for when we're on retreat. So they included a a practice of celibacy. We are lay people, and so as we return to our lives, we want to have precepts that reflect uh, the different circumstances off retreat. And so um, this version is the one that has been posted on the board from Manzanita Village, and there are many versions of these precepts. Um, They're all um, wonderful facets of the jewel of the precepts. This uh, kind of training that really can protect our minds, our hearts, our bodies, our whole beings, our families, our communities, our society when we live by these uh, ethical guidelines. So um, I will read the, uh, the three refuges. Uh, but then when we come to the five precepts, I'll read them slowly. And if you feel moved, you can repeat after me. Uh, bit by bit, so we're all um, establishing ourselves in that stream of um, right conduct, wise action. Taking the refuges and the five trainings of the body, mind, and heart. In order to honor the lineage of the Buddha's teachings and the aspiration of all beings for happiness and freedom, we take the following three refuges. In search of freedom for myself and all beings, I go for refuge in the Buddha and the possibility of developing a more awakened heart. In search of freedom for myself and all beings, I go for refuge in the Dharma and resolve that I will deepen my experience and understanding of its wisdom that is wider than all the oceans. In search of freedom for myself and all beings, I go for refuge in the Sangha in order to create the conditions of peace kindness, and interconnection in our progression towards freedom in all of our communities. I go for refuge in this triple gem of our spiritual practice for the benefit and liberation of myself, my loved ones, those whom I do not know or have difficulty with, and all beings in all worlds in all directions. Now I'll recite the five precepts, um, five mindfulness trainings, um, and you're welcome to repeat after me. And if you like, you can join your palms as a gesture of respect or to bring the mind and body together in concentration. Aware of the violence in the world, 
and of the power of nonviolent resistance. I stand in the presence of the ancestors. The earth and future generations. And vow to cultivate the compassion that seeks to protect each living being. Aware of the poverty and greed in the world, and of the intrinsic abundance of the earth, I stand in the presence of the ancestors, the earth and future generations, and vow to cultivate the simplicity Gratitude and generosity that have no limits. Aware of the abuse of lovelessness in the world. And of the healing that is made possible when we open to love. I stand in the presence of the ancestors. The earth and future generations. And vow to cultivate respect for the beauty. And erotic power of our bodies. Aware of the falsehood and deception in the world. And of the power of living and speaking the truth. I stand in the presence of the ancestors. The earth and future generations. And vow to cultivate the ability to listen. And clarity and integrity in all I communicate. By my words and actions. Aware of the contamination and desecration of the world. And of my responsibility for life as it manifests through me. I stand in the presence of the ancestors, the earth and future generations, and vow to cultivate discernment and care. In what, I take into my body and mind.
I'd like to invite you all for a ritual, a ceremony, practicing forgiveness. It's an opportunity to apply any learnings that still linger with you from the talk on forgiveness. So I'd like to invite the teachers to kneel in front of the Sangha. For any harm in thought, in words, in deeds, intended and unintended by us as these teachers to you, please forgive us. For any harm in thoughts, in words, in deeds, intended or unintended, by you to us is already forgiven. For any harm in thoughts, in words, in deeds, intended and unintended, done to each other, please forgive each other. For any harm in thoughts, in words, in deeds, intended, unintended, by yourself, to you, please forgive yourself.
So we close every retreat or gathering in this tradition by dedicating the merit, by recollecting, remembering all the good that has happened here, that we have been a part of, the diligent practice, the kind gestures, the showing up for ourselves and for each other. We gather all that up knowing that it is like sweet nectar and that there is great need for this everywhere. And we offer it to all beings everywhere so that they may know peace and find freedom. So you may like to think of someone in particular who you wish to share the benefits of this time with, or some group, or some place. And I will offer a dedication of merit song composed by a Buddhist monk, Reverend Heng Shur, and a Christian monk, Father Cyprian. And as I offer this on behalf of all of us, you may like to share it with whomever you wish to share this good energy that we've collectively generated here together. May every living being our minds as one and radiant with light share the fruits of peace with hearts of goodness luminous and bright if people hear and see how hands and hearts can find in giving unity. May their minds awake to great compassion, wisdom, and to joy. May kindness find reward May all who sorrow leave their grief and pain. May this boundless light break the darkness of their endless night. Because our hearts are one, this world of pain turns into paradise. May all become compassionate and wise. May all become compassionate and wise.
love to you all. Go well. Travel safely. Thank you. like a inappropriate <laughs> divergence to the practical right now <laughs> after that <laughs> but um, nonetheless we'll need to stack the cushions here so that the folks can tidy up the room and clean it and so we'll need four four or five stacks four six stacks six stacks of cushions of the big ones here and then the small cushions all go in the room uh, blankets folded as neatly as you can, cushions stacked in there. There will be a line, so just work together to make it harmonious. And there's also a, a, we added a resource list on the bulletin board, some of you asked for that. And finally, there were many notes, and at this point in the retreat, um, it's always hard to keep up with writing. We've read them, and uh, we take them all to heart. And if you didn't get a response, know that we, we send you a lot of love back. Okay, all right. Thanks. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.